feel a little bit, uh, and I'm sure bigger creators go through this, imposter syndrome. I'm allowed to have opinions, I guess, based on what I see and what I've researched. Hello, and welcome to Minecraft Lab, where we explore, experiment, and theorize about all things Minecraft. I am Miter Thoughts, and this time I don't have a pun. All I really want to say is, what would interims do without the troj? <laughs> Oof, you and the wood puns. Hey, Miner, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. And I think it would be just fine. There's plenty of interest there. I think it would be just fine. <laughs> how are you, sir? I'm doing good. I uh, got back to streaming this morning on the Interrealms. We are in 1.20.1. Yes. Yes, we are. I went to my first ancient city with the Troche here. And, uh, flawless. I didn't, di I didn't die. It was flawless. Absolute flawless was, performance. Uh, Jurassic's Troj and Enzyme had a flawless raid of the ancient city. It was, mm. it was awesome. Definitely no death boots. <laughs> None at all. Yeah. Uh, I didn't die. Got some stuff. Got some armor trims. This is 1.20. In 1.20, we were introducing uh, a couple things into the Interrealms SMP. A couple extra things you'll have to tune in to the live streams to see. We've also introduced the looter chests as well. Um, but yes. So for those that don't know, it's a mod basically. Uh, that turns loot chests, so naturally generated chests, into player-specific chests. So, you know, for example, we went into an ancient city last night and we raided all of the chests. Now mm -hmm. someone else can come along and raid the exact same city, open the exact same chests, and see loot specific to them. So it's as, as if we have never been there. And I think that's a nice right. and fair way to do it on a server because it... Right. You know, it, it gives people that don't have as much game time as some others a chance to actually raid it without having to go tens of thousands of blocks away to find another new city. So it's uh, a nice little addition, I right. think, to the server. This I never knew about this this mod, and I think it's awesome. Um, I think larger SMPs. Um, I mean, last week we talked about Hermitcraft. Uh, I guess they've got the finance and resource to resources to have a large world file size because you got hermits going out exploring everywhere but um you know smaller smps uh it, it's it's nice uh for us to have uh so we can keep the the world size a little bit smaller and um well it just makes it fair it does it makes it fair and world size you're exactly correct because the first when we it was one one eighteen or whenever before the cities ancient cities first came out prior to that our world size was like seven eight gig which is still on the larger size but we pre-generate a lot to make it a smoother experience when 119 came out oh sorry whenever the whatever the ancient cities update was my mind's fuzzy this morning when the ancient cities came out our world size jumped to about 32 gig because people mm. would go and raid them and there'd be nothing left for people to raid so they would want to raid so they'd go look for more and the world was obviously getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger right so we actually cut that when we just up well i just updated the server obviously to 1.20 the file size was 37 gig the world which is mm -hmm. insanity and when you actually open it up in nca selector which is what you use to trim trunks and whatever 
the offshoots where people had gone and the distance that they had gone because on that program you can see everything that's been generated and it's just wow we went some people went miles for these things and they like, all yeah. lead to ancient cities every every single line <laughs> led to an ancient city and it's like hello so that explained a few things but you know we've brought that back now i think the world size is about seven gig now so again so hopefully this yeah. this looter mod keeps it people don't need to go looking because the chests are all remaining the same and mm-hmm. it's a nice little segue into talking about mods and servers and ways servers need to change to keep up to date and more i guess right. more what's the word more relevant in today's ever-changing society right um i was just gonna say uh and that's a nice little segue uh last last week last episode we talked about hermacraft and how they're changing but they're not just vanilla anymore uh and i i think i made the comment that you i i i don't see any vanilla smps out there anymore we're pretty much running what you see on hermitcraft and we'd like to get into uh, you know kind of a expanded discussion from last year which we had with uh, magpiecraft and talking about smps and how things are evolving to to run even a small server, the Interrealms community server, uh, it's not really small. You you have to have the mods to to survive. Look, I'm sure that there are vanilla SMPs out there because SMPs start every single day. There is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, and everyone you look, just watch some of the Facebook groups. You know, <clears throat> almost every second day, someone's coming in. I want to start a Hermitcraft-like server. Well, you want to come and play, and they start recruiting on there. But they never go anywhere. They never last. Um, not a long time because people lose interest. And I think that's a vanilla thing is people lose interest. Now, with Interrealms, we've seen that too multiple times over the th- almost three years that we've been running as a server, which is, a, I think, a great mm-hmm. achievement that we've been going for as long as we have as well. But, you know, you'll go through periods where people get busy, people have real-life things that are coming up or their attention shifts to something but then invariably it all comes back whether it's around an update a long uh, a live stream weekend something like that something will you know reignite it and we get another influx of new people and it, it it's a revolving cycle mm-hmm. but i think what is a challenge these days is obviously a content creator sphere is very very let's call it oversaturated because that's exactly what it is but the options for people of servers to where to go and where to play is un- almost unlimited as well. Back when we were starting, you know, you would trawl through um, Twitch and YouTube and look for smaller creators that may not be affiliated with anybody or any other server and reach out to them and say, hey, would you be interested? Now you do that, even people with like 10 followers are on a SMP or they've got their own SMP and you never heard of them, what they're called. You never have heard of them before. You never hear of them mm-hmm. again. But there is just a plethora of them. So how do they stand out? Um, how do you yeah, get exactly. noticed? And this was what I think we raised in the last one is a hermit uploads a video from Hermitcraft and you upload a, a video from your server at the same time. Who's going to get watched? People are going to go, well, I don't know who that person is. I don't know what that SMP is. I'm not invested in it. But they know everything about Hermitcraft. So they go and they watch it. So how, how, does, how does SMP style content fit these days? It's a tough one to answer. And I guess why we're here bringing it up for a discussion now. Yeah, uh, it's what uh, What do you do? 
do you do something similar to Hermitcraft? Get called out. You know, some some people get called out saying uh, you you're just a Hermitcraft clone, or do you do something different? And that just doesn't get noticed. It's almost as if you have to. We toss this around a lot. Uh, you got to work the algorithm. Uh, you got to hit those keywords. So if you're including keywords that hermits use, uh, the algorithm's going to like that. So, I mean, it, it's just how, as a content creator, how, how do you keep with the trends and stay relevant, but at the same time um, survive as a smaller SMP and still do something unique? And I think that's a balancing act that we as small creators have got to try and find. Like, I don't think it's any, I don't think it comes as any shock for anyone to hear me say that, you know, a Let's Play slash SMP style video is not necessarily going to be the road to success. You know, is there a, a space for SMP content on a YouTube channel? I'll cut to the end of my thoughts. Yes, I still think that there is. But I think it's from a perspective of networking, of creating spontaneous content, getting shorts content, telling stories, that sort of thing. It's not necessarily going to be the line to the, the fastest route to growth, but I think there's still room for it on a channel as a full complete package. What it comes down to, I think, as a content creator is how do you angle your content to be able to hit those keywords, hit, hit those trending topics, the trending themes? You know, I think long gone are the days we can go, Hi, I'm Trojan. Welcome back to the Interrealms. This is the base that I've built over the last week. Those days are gone, I think. I, I think uh -huh. they were probably gone before we started. We just didn't know that. Um, if you have a look at what is coming out, you know, and I think we said this and alluded to this last week, there's there's changing trends in what people are wanting to watch. And I think that's the key thing to remember is that the content is not for us. It's the content for people wanting to view it. And people don't oh, yeah. want to watch necessarily that sort of content anymore. Now, you'll see the occasional Let's Play video that'll blow up and you read from someone and you'll see the comments, oh, it's nice to see someone doing an old school Let's Play. But that's the mm -hmm. exception to the rule. You know, you get people now that are going, build a giant sniffer in the sky and it goes for a million dollar views. Or, you know, I build a XYZ in hardcore Minecraft and it gets 100,000 views. Mm -hmm. um, or you see, you know, some of the other bigger creators out there changing focus away from a hermitcraft style smp to something like a new life um with a twist or empire something with a twist with mods changing that vanilla experience and even as we said last week hermitcraft is moving towards the modded sphere as well adding different things to try and spice it up and it'd be interesting to see what they do with season 10 exactly it's um 10th anniversary of hermitcraft uh and um i, I said this last time there are hermits doing some things uh, that are uh, blowing my mind. <laughs> uh, Doc, uh, Doc M77, he shocked me yet yet again um, with what, his latest thing. But I, and it's it's not so much you know yeah he's doing things that uh, that are big builds and stuff, but it's about the interaction. Um, and uh, you're right the the just single player let's plays i don't think those come and go so fast these days i feel that uh the people want to see interactions and and it really said uh, there's different things going on new life 
modded servers, things like that, uh, and just challenges like the last life series or the life series, whatever you want to call it, is just seeing people interact together. Because I know a few people, you know, they're like Mumbo a couple of years ago and some others have put up on the community tab, you know, polls, what is most important to you? And you're right. What comes up is interaction. It's interaction between knowns, the bigger creators that people like to see. Mm-hmm. I, like if you and I put a video out of an interaction of us interacting, it's not necessarily going to get the same traction as a green and mumbo interaction because, well, obviously we're not green and mumbo, are we? So yeah, I think interaction is important, but it doesn't, it's not going to get your views. It's not going to get you, it's going to get your attention. It's going to get you people enjoying your videos, but how, that's not going to get you the mm-hmm. clicks to start with. And I think we as small creators have to figure out how do we angle our content these days to get that click, to get that view, to stand out in an oversaturated market where every person and their dog is making YouTube videos for Minecraft and new ones are coming along all the time. And, you know, you get some like uh, the cringy gull who's just gone literally overnight. Yeah, I've seen him um, all over Twitter. But I really haven't watched his his content. I watched a little bit. I have no idea. And he he hit a thousand the same not too long ago. Same time he just hit a thousand just before I did, and now he's up over sixty. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. He's just gone. Just he's hit the algorithm. Now there's no SMP content on his videos, but Uh he's hitting algorithm. He's hitting the important things. He's done the whole hardcore. I did this in hardcore. I did this in hardcore and hitting it and pumping it. Well, how do we translate success like that to S and P style content? Is it possible? Yeah. Is it doable? And I think for a while, um, you know, the trend was you do, um, you do tutorials, right? And that's Mm -hmm. how Spadetti, our friend Spadetti grew and grew really quickly in the initial stage as well. It was doing building tutorials and build by builds and hardcore style videos. And that's still, you know, trending and still hot, even though it seems to be possibly plateauing a little bit because people are sort of Mm -hmm. sick of the whole, I built this big mega thing in hardcore sort of thing. But how do we translate it to SMPs? Like, I think you would agree there's still room for SMP content because that's where you get the interaction. But how do we translate? How do we adjust our content to be relevant when people don't necessarily go searching for a new SMP to watch anymore. The whole stigma, uh, the whole thing about trying to be a content creator, I, in my heart, I, I, I want just really, really want to have fun. And I would, I'd, I'd like to make videos um, because really these podcasts, uh, this one here and uh, doing other podcasts uh, has been my drive, my passion, I'm trying to be become a better speaker, and so that's been my drive. Uh, but I, I watch other creators, as, such as yourself, and how they've evolved over the years, and and having the drive to to make even better content or just you know have something click. I'm kind of rambling here, but I, I watch like one of the creators I watch is British Weirdo. Uh, brought him up. A couple times in other episodes, um, he's kind of pigeonholed himself, and he's realized this into doing like expose type videos, and he's realized this, and uh, the algorithm just ate it up, and his channel exploded because of it. 
where he said he's enjoyed, really enjoyed making content like that. Uh, he can't continue that because he wants to do other things and has tried to do other things. And those videos just flop. Uh, trying to do a, a different Vault Hunter series or or different things and just not pleased with the performance of those videos. He's even taken some down because he was so upset with how they performed. Um, in my opinion, that's a mistake, but I mean, that's just me. Um, I would just leave those up there. It goes to show really that if you get a video that takes off and you're trying many, 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 many different things and you get something that takes off, you're right. That's where your channel gets pigeonholed. Now, obviously, I'm only talking about a channel from a perspective here of a thousand subs, so I'm not in any position to say, hey, I'm an expert on it. But the theory I've been looking into quite a lot, trying to find that thing that clicks. If you get pigeonholed like what he did, and I think you and I both said to him on Twitter, if your channel gets known for this, your other stuff's not going to work. And I can see that even on just my little tiny channel is, you know, I was doing one chunk challenges and tutorials and they started doing really, really well. And I put a hardcore video out and it got a hundred views compared to, I think the most recent one chunk one is almost at 4,000 views. It do the math. I, I, how does that even compute? How does that even work? It doesn't make sense to right. me. Um, and like, it wasn't pushed. Like, so I put a one chunk out, for example, and instant almost instantly within two hours the youtube you see it in the in the analytics is recommending it straight away it literally gets on recommended it goes the hardcore one still hasn't hit recommended and it won't because it's wow. essentially it's a dead video to the point i'm actually thinking of removing it myself if you do a channel and you do a particular type of video and it's what takes off that's what you're known for and if i come back to cringy gull you have a look what he was doing previously when he was struggling to get the views. It was a bit mishmashy stuff, let's plays, blah, blah, blah. Then he hit a thing with the one, it was really, he was doing, he did hardcore on the snapshots of 120. Mm -hmm. And that just went, and now since his content has been hardcore, 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 hardcore. Fellow Aussie, great job, mate. Happy for you, proud, proud for you. And But it's an interesting look at the psychology of it of what has worked for him you know and right what was working for british weirdo was the expose stuff like when i think it was tango he absolutely ripped into well the, uh, the one that got the million views was when he was tearing into stevie that which right. everybody everybody as uh, as right after mumbo said hey this this is my build you know stevie and uh you know British Weirdo jumped on that and put out a video and it just exploded and made his channel explode. So, But if people are going to come you, for that style of content, they're not going to necessarily want to watch him do Let's Plays. They, they're not, they didn't come for him. They came for his style of video, which was expose, uh -huh. hard-hitting, journalistic, you could call it. They didn't come uh -huh. for, they didn't subscribe for him. They subscribed for the style of content that he was he's making. So then when he tried to spread that out into something different didn't work because that's not what they right. signed up for and they hadn't they hadn't personally invested in him to watch that content that's my that's my right. take on it uh this okay i'm gonna i'm gonna say something uh that's kind of been on my mind for a while maybe maybe a little personal i don't know we've been doing this podcast for almost two years and um we 
talk a lot about content creation and YouTube and being a content creator and what it takes and things like that. I, I don't, for whatever reason, and this may be a whole other, a whole other episode, but I feel a little bit, uh, and I'm sure bigger creators go through this imposter syndrome. Should I be talking about content creation? I'm I'm on, I'm on an SMP, uh, which I really enjoy. I enjoy making the videos uh, when I can. I struggle. I definitely struggle uh, with making the videos. Not so much with these podcasts. I love love doing the podcast, but again, that's getting back to my passion right now. Is that a is that a different pod? Is that a different podcast topic? Should we just cut all this? I don't know. It's a good conversation. Look, I think you're right. And I struggle with that at times as well because, you know, we give our opinions here. Uh-huh. And it's opinions. I'll talk about myself from my perspective. I give opinions. I'm a very opinionated person. I like to study. I like to look at things. You know, so someone messaged me last night saying, hey, I'm really struggling with videos. I, I'm, I'm self-doubting that I can actually do it. And someone that hasn't made too many videos on the server lot of success with streaming but hasn't made the videos and and trying i think wants to transition that success into youtube and showed me some of the shorts that they had me making and it's like okay i've only got a thousand subs let's let's not beat around the bush i'm not a huge youtube known person Uh right but i know the theory based on the research that i've been doing um and generally it's translating into a little bit of success with my channel so i'm able to pass on that knowledge is it a hundred percent factual i don't know it's based on my opinion i'm allowed to have opinions i guess based on what i see and what i've researched but when i'm here giving my opinions i guess on the likes of british widow and cringy gull and these guys and what they've done and why they necessarily haven't succeeded and gone on it's based on opinion only not based on hard-hitting facts of oh look i've got a hundred thousand this is what i've learned i've got a thousand all right so take my opinion with a grain of salt however it's still worthy to discuss because it's our uh, it's our point of view from the perspective of the little guys trying to be the bigger guys and girls to grow. Right. Um, so I think there's room for that. And if people don't want to listen to it, that's fine. If they do want to listen to it and get something out of it, that's fine as well. Right. You know, we've been doing this, you know, my content creator journey is probably three years into it. Yeah, it's just over three years into it probably. But really, if I look back at it, it didn't get serious till probably about a year and a half ago. No, otherwise, yeah. you know, pr- previous to that, it was just put a video together, whack it out, and whatever happens, happens. But it was a year and a half ago, and actually, there might be something in this. I think it was when, no, actually, I tell a lie. It was when I started getting monetized decently on um, Twitch. I started mm-hmm. making, you know, not a huge amount, but a decent amount every single month where that payment kept coming. And I was like, there's actually something to this. So that mm-hmm. motivated me to change. And then it was sit down and look, you know, and it's taken me 18 months to hit a thousand, but on YouTube but it's slowly changing. So I've got a, I think both of us have a right to have an opinion on it from the perspective of a small creator. And it's our take on when British Weirdo doesn't have a great performing one, we can have an opinion from a small comic creator. So this is what we think. Or, you know, is Cringy Gull doing so well and I'm so happy for him. What led to that success? Now you can look, you can look back at it with statistical analysis and get those thoughts. Sometimes I do feel you're right. Sometimes I personally feel like an imposter, like with the Hermitcraft one, which is why I want to have another Hermitcraft discussion after this video next week, if we can. Um, okay. Because 
we slapped them a little bit hard at, in some parts of that when I was editing it back. I was like, hmm. Um, right. Um, we probably didn't portray positives of them to, of what, and what they do in the within the community, which I would probably like to revisit. Then you feel a bit like an imposter because you've got a thousand, they've got a million plus, and you're giving opinions on their influence. The way I looked at it when I was doing that editing was of that of that episode was, but they influence us. They influence me in what right. they do. Yeah. And oh yeah. So I can talk about that because it, I do have an uh, an insight into it because that it influences me and it influences what we do at the SMP. And as one of the the moder- uh, admins of Interrealms, it does have they do have an influence on what we decide to do. What it, it, at a minimum, what conversations we have behind the scenes of mm-hmm. the directions that we do, exactly. the odds that we add, the storylines we try to come up with. They influence us. Yeah. They, they influence the SMPs. And you can, I know I'm, I'm waffling a bit here. It's not just them that influence what we do. It's the SMP in general. And it's the content creators in general, like the other bigger ones, you know, like Mythical Sausage, Logical Gig Boy, all those, they, all the big ones influence what we do. That Their influence flows down. And it's the ones like Cringy Girl that get their success. As the newcomers, they, they grow. And the Spadettis, and you look and go, okay, they start like Spud fit started at the same time as I did. Thousand, hundred and twenty thousand. What was the difference? I did let's plays, they did tutorials. Big difference. So it's now it comes back full circle to that conversation. It's okay, so how do we bring the content that's going to get the views and get the success? How do we adapt that now into SMP content? I know I know I I kind of brought this up and it it, it makes me uh about, you know, my future as a content creator before I really didn't, you know, I didn't care to be called a content creator, but, uh, like with these podcasts, my passion right now, I'm really starting to think, uh, you know, I want these to succeed this podcast and I'm going to have to take what I've learned, what I've observed, who I've been inspired by whether it's Hermitcraft or, you know, other podcasters or, or whatnot, and really start applying that where I, I, I really haven't, I mean, I haven't, I haven't in, in past videos, uh, I still, you know, inspired and in somewhat by, uh, different creators, um, but trying to be different, but, uh, with these podcasts, you know, trying to put them out there on social media and uh youtube and as much as i kind of fight against it hit the algorithm show it was boss <laughs> <laughs> I, look, well, I think that i think you just nailed it on the head is when we make videos for smps we need to keep in mind what's trending now you love that term what's trending and hit the algorithm and use your key yeah you, you can still make the videos they're going to get success on a server there's no problems with that. And right. what you're getting the added benefit of is networking and you get the interactions that can come up. Like last night, you and I had discussed going to the, the ancient cities, but Jurassic's an end just showed up. So we got, right. and then after you finished streaming, the three of us stuck around for a little bit longer and did other things. So you miss that if you're a solo creator. That's why I think there's still a place because you can get content yep. that pops up out of nothing. And, you know, I've met friends. This is the same point I made last year, and it's still relevant. I've made friends through Interrealms that I, A, would never have met otherwise, 
and B, that are very important people in my life, like yourself. You know, I speak to you more than I speak to some of my own family. So, you know, you miss that. You you don't you wouldn't get those bonds and those friendships. Keegan's obviously I knew before Interrealms, but you know, we've probably got closer since Interrealms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jurassics and that, you know, this uh, everyone. I can't limit it limit it to the, any particular people, but you know, there's some people there that, you know, you know you'll be friends for a long time, even if you, you ever retire from content creation. You still have those contacts and those friendships, so it's never a waste being on an SMP. We just have to hit the algorithm with the way we're making right. videos. I think that that I think that sums it all up: is see what's successful, adapt, 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 adapt. I've learned this is through the years in content creation. I've learned some things, and I'm still learning. And I think for SMPs to survive, or if you're playing a single player, um, you just you got to watch observe and learn from other creators uh, yeah you can do the unique things here and there uh but it's all about learning and 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 observing and just trying to adapt to make those uh and then make it your own i guess the key thing is adapting if you're not getting views on a smp video it's because the style of video hasn't adapted to what the changing trends are Mm. And by trends, I mean is what the consumers, the viewers, want to watch. Now, being on an SMP is not going to guarantee you that your own fellow SMP members are going to watch and support your videos. It's no guarantee of that at all. You know, I've been on, I think, four or five servers now. Interim's always been the number one, but I've dabbled in other ones. And it doesn't necessarily translate into people coming to watch your streams that are on those servers. You're not guaranteed success, but what you can do is, you know, you can use it as a platform to springboard off and bounce ideas off. So for example, Blind Cubsy and myself recently with two of our more recent videos, his and mine, we showed each other what we were doing and we were tossing ideas back and forth. He gave me some ideas. I gave him some ideas for his video during that editing process. And I think both were actually coming out really good videos. I think his video was the best video that he's made. And I'm not saying that was because of my ideas. What I'm saying is he's evolved. And he took the ideas that I had and got a decent result. Then likewise, likewise, with my first hardcore video, I gave it to him, had a look at it. He made some suggestions. So we went back and I re-edited it. And I'd already spent a week on the editing. And when he said, oh, the last half of the video, you can tell wasn't edited as much. He was spot on the money. And I was like, I don't want to have to edit it again. But I did. And I got the result. I got 4,000 views. So I put that down a lot with better retention than I've ever had on a video. So it worked. It, it, that's what you don't get when you're doing flying solo is it might be longer to learn these lessons as if you don't have that. And also sometimes it can be easier to make content with people. Like I know like DTG, my son has started doing streaming and he finds it and he always has, even when we started DTG Family Gaming Channel, he's always found it easier to have me to bounce off to create his content from. And, you know, I always find it easy when I've got someone around to bounce off like the wetlands, that whole storyline from season one. It was always easier to come up with a style of video that then led into other things that actually did quite well at the end. So there's still a place for the, for S&P content, 100%. It, how we utilize it dictates whether it's successful or it's not. It's not a, you're not going to fail because you're on an S&P. You're going to fail because you have not adapted to what the consumers, the viewers, want to see. And it constantly changes. Watch, learn, adapt. That's (laughs) it. 
And is there a space still for SMPs in a YouTube channel? I think so. I, I think so. This has been a very interesting conversation about SMPs and, and us as content creators. Uh, if you uh, would like to contact us, easiest way is just comment down in the video. Make sure you give a thumbs up, you know, give us that like, subscribe. That would be nice. <laughs> um, but you could also contact us at minecraftlabpodcast.gmail.com. You can find us on the socials. And don't forget the interrealmssmp.com, uh, the website for the amazing Kigazo 2. It's got all the information on, on us, on the server as a whole. And if you go at the top, there's a link there that says connect. Click on that. And if we forgot to mention anything, they're all there. You can contact us in some way. I'm going to get back to uh, figuring out how I can blow up. Not, you know, not in, on YouTube, but just TNT. And Troj is going to get back to finding his wood. I've yeah. today. <laughs> oh, going to oh. yes. Yeah. Yes, your, your night, my morning this time. Yes. With that then, goodbye. Goodbye. I've lost my train of thought. There it goes. <laughs> uh, um, there goes my train of thought. It just <laughs> it followed it's, yours. It's, it's headed, all it's all your train going. So oh, that looks like fun, right? It's headed to the same place wherever <laughs> that is. Yeah, forgetful. <laughs>